Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 94. This is your host, Deb Falzoy, and today we're talking about different types of healing modalities that can help us get out of anxiety and depression and stress and help us really take back our power in our lives. I'm talking today with healer Christine of Sepian, and she's going to share with you her own personal story, as well as the healing modalities that helped her and the ones that she offers people to have this transformation in their lives that can really be a game changer for people. Are you ready to hear what Christine has to say? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. Before I get started today, I want to talk about Patreon. I have a new Patreon account at patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy, and I have a really quick survey on there about what kind of rewards you'd like. Everything from early access to episodes to exclusive episodes, behind the scenes content. Okay, so Christine, how did you become a healer? What what inspired you to follow your calling? Well, uh, Deborah, about 12 years ago is when my journey truly started. So initially I had been in the field of accounting for many years and Year after year, I felt the emptiness becoming bigger and bigger within. So, um, but of course, I didn't know anything else. My resume was just filled with accounting jobs. And, um, but I knew there was something within me that had to be discovered, had to be done. I had always wished for um, truly just helping people, working with people. And so the last year of my accounting uh, journey, I begged the partners at the um, um, accounting firm that I was in, and I said, please change me, shift me, and and transfer me to HR department. And so finally they did. And honestly, that last year was the most exciting that I ever felt, excited and happy because I was able to have interaction with others instead of being stuck behind a computer. And that just kind of sparked. And since I was little, honestly, I was always surrounded by people, even when I was a little girl and I was the professional dancer. And I remember back in my country, uh, like mothers would come to me and say, so Christine, how do we raise our kids? How do we, what do we cook today? And I had guidance for everybody. And my mom was like, you do realize you're talking to a kid, right? But all, all throughout my life, it was always like, um, everybody felt comfortable around me. Everyone loved to share around me. But I didn't truly really realize it until 12 years ago when it really got really bad um, very quickly because emotionally I was in such a desperate in a place um, in a sense space that um, my body just started deteriorating. Um, A lot of areas of my body were just um, slowly breaking down. Uh, starting from the gut to my right arm nerve damage to my eyesight started um, going bad. So all of these things, it was just a spiral of emotional abuse on the body in a sense, like, uh, like psychosomatic experience. So of course, at the time, I had no idea. I was just weekly going to my doctor. And one day my doctor just looked at me and back in the day, it was still, um, 
physical form, like files uh, for a patient. And he showed me my file and he said, okay, you're not like in your early thirties and you have a file of an 80 year old woman. So you need to do something or your body will not survive more than two years. So, and that kind of woke me up because at the time my children were very young and I just started to drop off my children at daycare and drive to work and just cry in the car. And I didn't know at the time what I was manifesting because I kept crying and saying, I want to love what I do. I want to help people. I want to be comfortable. I want to be in charge of my own schedule and all that stuff. But it was like that mantra kept playing. But of course, I had no idea what what that was, what that looked like. And then profoundly one night, um, I prayed and I fell asleep and I had a dream. And in my dream, I looked at my body and I was like, oh, I remember who I am. And at the time I was still studying and forcing the accounting field and studying for the CPA exam. And I woke up in the morning and I Googled, you know, hypnotherapy and I looked at it and I was like, and mind you, in my culture, therapy is taboo. Hypnosis is taboo. But I was so desperate and I had to trust. And I just like intuitively said, okay, this must be divine guidance because I have no idea what this is. And then, of course, I found uh, the school I went to. And then I found a therapist there. In the beginning, I started with me, myself going in. And I was like, okay, maybe this is the way to helping myself. And so I did sessions and within two, three months, I was literally like, I woke up. It's like, I felt like most of my life I had been sleeping and suddenly I woke up like my, my true essence woke up to who I am. And of course the journey started with signing up to the school, um, doing my master's in psychology program at the same time. And I've never looked back since. So that's <laughs> been the journey of how I started. <laughs> so it wasn't like one day I said, oh, I think hypnotherapy would be good. No, it was really, it truly is my calling because even 12 years ago, when I first started from family to many, many others looked at me like I was crazy and this was never going to work. And they said it will never succeed. And I'm grateful to say not only to my clients every day and in every podcast that as long as we commit to our mission, purpose, dreams, we will be successful. And that's, I'm going to say, universal guarantee, not humanly physical guarantee. Wow, that, that's, I love that. That's powerful. Um, Thank you. Can you talk a little bit more about that transformational piece? So there was this um, negative programming before, yes. and then you know, you started to address limiting beliefs, subconscious fears. Um, do you have any examples of, of what some of those things were and, and like how that transformed your life? So the fears, of course, growing up, especially growing up um, with influence of religion in it, there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear towards the divine, a lot of fear towards you better be good, you better, you know, follow the rules, you better, you better, you better. So very much of my first, I would say, since I was a little girl, maybe in a good 30 years of my life was in, in great fear. Everything was about fear. It's not safe. You're not safe. The world is not safe. And I, it, the worst part of it all was that um, the belief became even that the divine is not safe. 
So it's kind of like you feel disconnected and you feel alone and you feel the whole world is, is awful and scary. And it wasn't until this world opened up for me that truly blessed me with, the, again, waking up because we are born awake and then our life and our circumstances and our environment and where we're born and what kind of environment we're born into our family can truly pull us away from that essence and truth of freedom and love. And we tap, we not even tap into, but we're forced into fear and disconnection. And that just takes over. And that's what truly moves us away from our divine purpose and mission. Um, and so um, what, what did it, what were some of like kind of the steps, I guess, or like to like, or what were some of like the specific limiting beliefs? Um, you know, so you're talking about like the, the world being unsafe, were there um, tools that worked for you in sort of chipping away at that, that limiting belief? Yeah. So initially, of course, um, I came from a different country and migrated to the United States at age 12. And of course, my family tried to protect me. So a lot of the, the fears were also, um, we're in a foreign country. We don't know anything. We don't know anyone. So stay away from people, stay away from. So those fears were really, it's that I can't, basically. I feel like if I simplify, it was like, you can't because it's not safe. So the can't was a very big um, fear limitation for me. And when I first started, you know, the hypnotherapy sessions, and then of course, the school, it was suddenly the message changed to no, well, you can reprogram your mind, you're not stuck with the can't you can turn the can't into a can through affirmations, through repetition, through hypnosis, through meditation. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, so I, I, and I mean, I had to really make a decision. I said, okay, most of my life, I believe the story I've been told, and I lived it that way, and I've been miserable. So uh, what do I have to lose? I mean, if, if I try, and I succeed, great. And if I try, and nothing happens, at least I, I'll know I tried. Because there were moments where I was really like giving up on life, it was that bad. So I knew I had to do something. So of course, through meditation, through hypnosis, through affirmations, every day of me really having that deep, profound conversation with my own ego, which was, you can't, it's too scary, no, 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 it's all about fear, um, to really even, I always teach my clients, I say, the greatest gift we could give to ourselves is to become our own best friend. And to be kind to ourselves, because if a friend comes to us and says, I'm in fear and I'm the, the, uh, we don't punch them, we don't judge them, we don't, we try to give them guidance and support and understanding. But when it comes to ourselves and the ego says all these illusions and negative things, we're like, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. This is my life. This is what all, all this is about when it's not. And so it's about having, uh, beginning to have that, um, healthy conversation with the left side of your brain, basically, because we do have both sides to ourselves. So people like maybe many years ago, psychotherapists said, oh, if you're talking to yourself, you must be crazy, but not at all. Everyone talks to themselves. It's just what kind of conversation are we having within ourselves? Are we having a healthy conversation of 
it's like the adult, the wise self speaking to the younger child self that is losing control and that is fearful. I always bring about the example. If a parent sees their child scared and losing control, do you hit them? Do you yell at them? Do you tell them shut up or do you hold them and you say, honey, it's going to be okay. You're safe. You're fine. It's basically metaphorically having that conversation within the self to shift the fear to love. That's what it's about. And it's, it's not a one-time thing. Uh, some people think, well, I tried it one time and it didn't work. No, it's repetition. Anything and everything that we do in life is through repetition. When we go to school, we don't just take classes one day and go, okay, I'm going to graduate from college. It's repetition year after year after year, and then college, and then we get a job. And then how do we learn there? We're taught and then we repeat, 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 repeat. I mean, all of our life is about really repetition because <laughs> unfortunately we are divine wise beings, but in the limited physical presence, we, it's like we have to constantly be reminded, repeat, 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 repeat. <laughs> so that's how the change comes. It's the commitment of the person to the self. It's a lot easier to say, oh, it's too hard. I hear it a lot from my clients. But our resilience comes from, we don't give up. Giving up is not an option because it's a lot harder for us to be negative in the negative state than in the positive because our true essence is of love, light, and lightness, not heaviness and dark. So it's a lot harder to be in the negative than in the positive. So what, uh, you mentioned some of like the healing modalities that, that works for you. What are some of them um, that, you offer to other people to help them um, with that repetitive, you know, cha changing that programming. On mm -hmm. So of course, hypnotherapy is a part of it. And every one of my sessions, coaching is always included through the coaching. I give my clients tools, techniques, exercises to do outside of our sessions. And um, so I do hypnotherapy, I do breath work, pranayama breath work, I do energy healing, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, which again, through the tools, techniques, through the repetition, you can change the subconscious, you can reprogram yourself, EFT, emotional freedom technique, uh, passive regression therapy, quantum healing technique. So all of these modalities just go hand in hand. Uh, oftentimes when I speak to new clients, they tell me, oh my God, Christine, there's so many, how do I choose? It's not about choosing, it's about what does the client bring into the session? What are the intentions? And based on those intentions, I know which modality will best support the client. So that's how I do my sessions with my clients. Um, and then how, I'm assuming every modality kind of works uh, differently in terms of timeframe and, and seeing results, but is there like a general um, timeframe when people start start this work in general that they start to, to feel some kind of, of shift? Change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to be honest with you, I'm very blessed to say the change begins from the first session. This is not like traditional therapy where year after year, my clients come to me and we dwell on the same problems. No, it's solution-based healing. It's real-time healing. Every session that we tap into, and I, that's why I always tell my clients, bring me a laundry list, because when we introduce this information of change to the subconscious, we may give it 10 things and it might right away in a snap of a finger, get worked through the seven things. And then 
still say, okay, I need a little bit more time on the three things. That's why I always encourage my clients, like bring me your entire life, basically from the roots, from childhood to the present and session to session. And even with clients that I've worked with in the past that have had severe PTSD and trauma from childhood or young adult life or adult life, uh, between four to six sessions, mountains can be moved. So it's, it's really profound because we're tapping deep into the subconscious, which our subconscious is running the show. And within that subconscious is our inner child self. That is the greatest, you know, joy and critic and judge and all that stuff. So it's about really healing our inner child ultimately. And what, um, can you give some examples of like things that people are able to tackle through that? Mm-hmm. Method? Just Absolutely. Results. Um, yes. Anxiety, panic, um, depression, uh, fears, blocks, feeling lost in their career path, uh, relationships, uh, unforgiveness, anger, all of that. And more. <laughs> we can even tap into lifetimes beyond this lifetime and make changes from there. So, and so people are basically able to like kind of tap into that unconscious and then bring it to consciousness. Is that kind of the yes? Goal? Okay. Yes, because our really our life is run based on the hard drive, just like a computer, right? You put in information, you download applications, and this and that. Even in our phones, it's in the hard drive. So a lot of times people think if I work on the desktop, I'll get the results. You can, sure, but not the results you get when you go into the hard drive. So basically what we are doing is we're opening the gates where we're really kind of um, having the ego, the logical brain that is trying to always quote unquote, keep us safe and secure. We're telling it, okay, you can sit to the side, be an observer. We open the gates, we tap into the subconscious because our subconscious is 88% of our mind power and it is running the show. We then go in there and go, okay, these are the things in my life from my past to the present that have been zapping me. And I, here I am to heal these. It's like the, that electrical port that keeps destroying stuff. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep plugging into it or are you going to go and fix it? It's the same concept with the subconscious. And then, of course, the things that are good and positive, because, again, our brain does not have the capacity to realize reality from fiction. Whatever you give it through repetition becomes the belief and the belief becomes the experience. That's basically what it is. And that's why, of course, when you go in there and you gently in a loving way, clear the clutter and pull the weeds and and replace them immediately, of course, with positivity and motivation and drive. And and of course, we're creative beings. It, It literally just unfolds our creativity. It's like we tap back into our essence, ourself, and remember who we are, which we're not here to suffer. We're not here to struggle. That's not what life is about. But unfortunately, this planet and the way the programming has been placed around the world, it, it dictates that. But it, it's not that. And that's why so many people are unhappy and lost, because they realize, well, wait a minute, what just happened? Like our souls came onto this planet and... We just got lost. We forgot. And now it's about the remembering, returning back 
to our true essence and, and mission and true essence does not mean we have to live hell on earth and go die to go to heaven. It's not about that. It's about living heaven on earth in the physical body. Yeah. It sounds, so it sounds like a lot of this is like taking us out of like this autopilot mode that we can mm-hmm. and just, yeah, going deeper to, to really figure out what's keeping us stuck or getting in our way or yeah absolutely um, but how do people work with you what what first of all how do where, what is your you know url and then what is like the process look like so um how does like how does it work initially and can you kind of take us through that piece absolutely so well first the url you, you asked me for the website the people can find me on www.journeys J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S to T-O-H-E-A-L heal.com. So it's journeys to heal.com. And um, of course, majority of my clients, if not all my clients are either coming to me from Yelp, they find me on Yelp and they see the reviews and my past clients or current clients experiences. And it just automatically they just right away call me and, and I get on a call with them. And of course we go into the details as far as, you know, how the sessions work. The first session is always two hours long because it is the foundation setting. Um, and that's the only time that I need my clients to give me like background childhood for to the present information. It's not, um, it's not necessary to repeat the same stories over and over and over again, which unfortunately in traditional um, therapy, there's a lot of that that happens that my clients come to me after 5, 10, 15 years of therapy and tell me sometimes even horror stories of what their therapists have said to them after 10 years, it's like F and get over it. And because they get frustrated because you can't just sit and dwell on the problem, the story and repeat the story and reinforce the story on your subconscious and expect change to come. It's not going to come. And so um, that first session is of course, like me listening into their limiting beliefs. And there's so many that uh, we don't even realize things that we say to ourselves. And when Uh, My clients say it out loud. I just take a note. And then when I repeat it back to them, they're amazed at their own limiting beliefs of what they think about money, what they think about health, what they think about love, what they think about relationships. There's just so much fear and limitation. Well, if I have this, I can't have that. Or if I achieve this, if I'm a woman and I'm a mother, I can't be a professional too. But if I'm a professional, then I can't have children. I can't have uh, relationships. I have to be perfect. I had, there's so many beliefs. There's so many stories that ever people tell themselves, well, I'm going to wait until I'm perfect to find the love of my life. And none of that is really true because it, then we're truly not living because it is through the experiences that we actually grow and become the divine version of ourselves. Because if we limit ourselves from every experience, then what are we learning? What are we doing? What are we experiencing? So then of course, after the cognitive part, it's the, you know, typically first session would be hypnotherapy unless my clients contact me and they specifically want to do past love regression and quantum healing um, therapy. So it, it depends. Typically it starts with the hypnotherapy. So about an hour and 15 minutes of the first session is the 
cognitive part, and then we turn uh, to the hypnotherapy part, which takes a good half an hour to 40 minutes of the session. And so that's the first session. And the follow-up sessions, I offer my clients 90-minute sessions or 60-minute sessions, depending on their specific needs. In a 90-minute session, of course, we have enough time to do emotional freedom technique, breath work, hypnotherapy, coaching, all of that. But in a 60-minute session, it's more we can fit um, NLP, hypnotherapy, and um, the cognitive part because of the chunk of the time it's taken by the modality. Like breath work takes a good hour of a session. EFT takes a good hour of the session. Hypnotherapy takes a good hour, uh, half an hour to 40 minutes of the session. So it just depends. And that's why I have those options so that my clients don't feel, oh, I have to do two hour sessions each time. No, we don't. Oh, I have to do this much. No, we don't. And that's why I always say I tailor every client's um, sessions and, 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 you know, therapy experience with me is tailored to their needs because not, there's not a person that I've seen from the thousands of my clients over the past 12 years that has ever had the same formula. It never is the same. And that's why I keep adding more modalities to my uh, practice because you know, the more options we have, instead of my clients going to five therapists to same, achieve the same results, they can come just to me and achieve the same results. And then all of this can be done over, um, like Zoom? In person and virtually. Absolutely. I was away on business for the past month, um, in Europe and I was just holding Zoom sessions with my clients. Yeah. I have clients all over the world. So <laughs> nowadays, <laughs> that's the beauty of technology. That's one area that I can truly say I'm grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, great. Thank you so much, Christine. I didn't know if you had any kind of parting words for our audience um, about, you know, the the power or just in general. Um, yeah. I would say parting words because of what's going on in our world now that honestly, because we're not promised tomorrow, we cannot live in fear today. We must take action. We must, because none of us are going to end up on our deathbed and say, oh, I'm grateful. I worked all my life. And we're all going to say, I wish I, you know, spend more time having fun, enjoying life, traveling, being with loved ones and have just enjoying celebrating life. We need to celebrate life to the fullest every day as much as we possibly can, whether it's helping others doing it or helping ourselves. And honestly, both. I wouldn't say one or the other because in helping ourselves, we help others and in helping others, we heal and help ourselves. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org slash targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.